Hello and welcome to Spark My Muse. I'm your host, Lisa Colon-Delay, and you're listening to Soul School Lesson 225, This Somewhere. Today I'm going to be reading some poetry. I'm reading from a book called The Chance of Home, Poems by Mark S. Burroughs. I've included Mark's poems in past episodes, but this really felt like a good time to come and revisit them. So much has been going on in our world, and I wanted to make sure that we could slow down a little bit and let the words of poetry seep into those spaces that we don't even realize that we have and work some kind of sacred ministry on us. So I'll be reading a few poems from this book, and and I'll let you see if you can find the pattern from the poems that I'll be reading today. The first one comes from page 16, What Here Abides. First is a short quote from Anna Kaminska. Perhaps something suddenly will happen and pulse with hidden truth. Outside my window, the late light glazes the last stubborn oak leaves, always somehow reluctant to let go their brittle brown mantle defying the winds before they once more fall back to earth again, week by week. They outweigh the more vibrant dress of other trees, throwing dappled shadows on what lies beneath them, a farm and field, and the figure of an old woman walking slowly down the worn path, bent low by the press of years and burdens I cannot know. All the while, a single hawk circles, high above, his wings flashing in the late-day sun, riding the updrafts in long loops across the sky as he looks intently for what moves below. And as I watch, I see traces of what shines in all this, beginning to let go, of my need to know what any of it might mean, and take my place in the family of things, a glimpse of beauty caught within this flow, a simple sort of praise, a sense of now, and what here abides of home. You can hear Mark echo Mary Oliver take my place in the family of things. A glimpse of beauty caught within this flow. I love that line. A simple sort of praise, a sense of now, and what here abides of home. These words gather kind of loosely, like garments, and I feel a kind of comfort reading them. We're edging into spring. On Sunday will be Easter Sunday, 2022, and 30 countries are experiencing war as the Ukraine and Russia fight and battle. And as of now, we don't know what will become of it. We don't know what will become of the places of the world that rely on Russian and Ukrainian wheat. It seems as though in a few months, malnutrition and starvation could be the future for many people in those regions of the East. And as I sit with such profound and sobering information, it is very weighty. It is very out of my control. 
I want my heart to be able to hold space for the sad things and not turn from them and not turn my face from them and not pretend they aren't there. As well as to not be crushed by them. To not be crushed by anything that this world serves up. Because I have greater hope. I also have hope in the goodness of people. The people that choose to do right and don't grow weary of it. I know these people. I love people like this as well. For light to defeat darkness, it doesn't take that much light. But it seems like the evil and darkness of this world wants to quench all that light. And so I wanted to offer some of this poetry as a way to bring comfort and hope. I hope it does that. I hope it settles in a place in your heart, in a soft place, or makes a nest somewhere within you that nurtures some kind of new life. The next poem I'm going to read is called Something of the Mercy, from page 54 of Mark S. Burroughs' book of poems called The Chance of Home. Something of the Mercy Just after dawn I found the gentle dove who had sung so tenderly each morning, with what had seemed to me a grace of exceeding sense. Her song was the work she had to do and she'd spilled it gladly into the silences that lingered from the night. Her voice was her gift, but this morning stillness is all I heard when I went out. Listening for her found her lying stiff and cold, the little quiver of her breast split wide, to bear the hollow that had held her heart and pumped the breath her song required. And the first blaze of sun had already set, a dull glaze in her once darkly shining eyes. I lifted her carefully with the spade of an old shovel I'd fetched from the shed and placed her in a shallow grave I dug in a corner shaded by hyssop and bluestem and lavender, sensing something of the mercy that will one day gather us with her, too, in a way that leads inevitably home. This is a tender poem. Mark paying sacred respects to a gentle dove whose singing greeted him each morning. Giving her a kind of mercy in a burial that considered her life worthy, and even the memory of her song, a sacred joy, one that reminds us that we will be gathered home eventually as well. I move on to page 71 now, and this is called The Promise of Green, and this speaks to me now in mid-April where we in Pennsylvania are beginning to see green buds and spring flowers come forth. The promise of green. Another spring stirs from winter's hold with the hoped for and hidden waiting to be revealed. Once more songbirds return to fill the crease of morning with the radiance of their song, their music, 
drifting about among trees, thick with silence and the promise of green. And I want to believe that love is stronger than death and forgiveness deeper than the habits of hate. And I want to know that what now lasts and always will is the lure of an everlasting yes. As I linger on this poem a little bit, I'm thinking of this phrase, an everlasting yes. That brings to mind this yes of life, this yes of renewal, the yes of resurrection, the yes of continual cycles of being and not being. We see it in nature and we see it in spiritual death and rebirth as well. The lure of an everlasting yes is the kind of thing that can bring hope to our hearts. When I was in Puerto Rico recently, there is an abiding generative life force around that doesn't have seasons and doesn't have this recurring theme of life and death, even though, of course, it does. In temperate climates, the seasons are much more pronounced, and you see everything go into hibernation and sleep and dream and death. With the decomposition of the leaves as they come to the ground and decay, and then new life springs up, seemingly from death and from nothing, out of their dormancy in the springtime. And you're reawakened to signs of new life, and perhaps signs of new life within yourself, and signs of new hope. I asked on Twitter today, what does your heart need to hear from Spark My Muse, from Soul School? And someone replied, I need to be reminded of hope, of hope and of truth. And there is hardly anything more truthful and hopeful than spring. Spring can be delayed, but can never be overcome. On page 103 is the poem Beyond the Maps. And there is a note that says for Sean and the tenders of Poet's Corner in Adelaide. Again, we find ourselves gathered by poems by language shaped in the wide and spacious, silences beyond our naming, a handful of words thrown onto the canvas of the old certainties, ambitions of war and other efficiencies of state, and the politics of greed that drive the brokers of this world. And we, sheltering under tents of metaphor and desire, refuse the seduction of their strategies, setting out on paths whose ends we cannot see, steering our way home, beyond the maps they've given us, gathering crumbs that will be enough to make a feast. To me, this really speaks to the role of prophets and artists and creative people. They move in different ways than the people that are the brokers of this world. The people that are the politicians that tend to the ambitions of war and the efficiencies of state. It is the makers, the creators, the artists, the prophets, the poets that gather the crumbs that make enough for a feast, a feast of hope and life to sustain us in the barren times and to celebrate in the joys. It is now a time more than ever to support people who are creating things, who make beautiful things, who make music, 
who give us good reasons to hope. It is as if they are providing meals for us, meals for the soul. The final poem I will read is from page 107, This Somewhere. As you might recall, This Somewhere is the title of the podcast today. Before I draw this episode to a close, I will bring to your attention that you will find my articles at sparkmymuse.substack.com. And at that place, you will find my updates about my work beginning in Puerto Rico. You'll find pictures, details, you'll find a GoFundMe page link, and you can contribute to that. What I'm working on is alleviating the economic hardships and the nutritional instability that exists on the island. There's problems with clean water. There's no recycling programs in Puerto Rico. And often there are power outages. In too many ways, Puerto Rico and the citizens that are United States citizens there have been habituated to live in third world conditions. It's an immoral situation that no state of the United States would ever put up with. And I want to draw awareness to it. And the immoral policies like the Jones Act that is abusive to the people of the island of Puerto Rico. Pay a visit to sparkmymuse.com and find the links to where I'm writing. I will be a contributor at Three Fifths Magazine this summer. And I hope that you might join us too for, for the weekly book club discussion of my book, The Wild Land Within. You can join up for that book club discussion at any point if you go to the short link tiny.cc forward slash WLW. Those three letters are all capitalized WLW. We will not be meeting on Easter Sunday, but the following Sunday, we'll discuss chapter six, Still Waters. I hope you'll come along and be a part of that. Page 107, This Somewhere. There must be a place where no one wonders whether you belong, where even your cares are joined by wind and cloud in their reverie. And this somewhere could be here and now, and is for some, though far removed from all who must face their pain without relief and wait for light to break the spell of their long nights and shadowed days. And all at once I notice a pioneer weed rising at the edge of the city lot I walk by each day, a corner strewn with shards of glass and choked with neglect as deep as a stubborn late November fog. And there, atop a greening blade, a single yellow flower comes to crown this unlikely majesty, a reminder that not even the grit of loss or the grind of grief can ever finally stay the chance of home. And I think of us sometimes as this little yellow flower on this greening blade, this single shoot of life on top of all the grit, the loss, the grind, and the grief, this pile of strewn glass in an abandoned lot, and yet life comes back and emerges in the most unlikely places, in the most desperate times, something beautiful will emerge. 
against all the odds, you will see a yellow flower burst onto the scene. And I hold you up out there, my little flowers. Maybe just buds right now, maybe ready to bloom. And I hope and pray that the sun shines upon you and gives you the strength. And I pray that your roots go down deep into the soil. And that you have all the hope that you need and all the comfort and support that you need. These are difficult times. And yet flowers bloom in the spring, even from heaps of rubble. And I hope that this somewhere, wherever you are, is the place where you can bloom where you're planted. That home for now is home enough for you. May God bless you. I'll see you next week.